We never talk anymore. Nick, we never talk anymore. Now that we have smartphones, you and I have no reason to speak <laughs> to each other during the pre-roll of podcasts. I just don't want to hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. Whatever you were going to say, I don't want to hear it. Anyway. Yep. I beeped, so it's time for the video oh. games. It's March 24th, 2017. This is Idle Thumbs 304. I am Chris Remo. I am Nick Brecken. I am Jake Rodkin. Oh, wow. Well we all said am instead of, there was no, no contractions this week. I often say am. <laughs> I often am. <laughs> Frequently I am, Jake. I'm very confused now. I am not. I I don't know why you're confused. This is how we always start this podcast. (sighs) Stupid bullshit. That's well. (laughs) It's how we start and and fill this podcast. (laughs) Start stupid, continue stupid, end stupid. Yep. Our intention, is to talk about the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which uh, who'd have thought we're going to keep talking about that game? Well, I it's actually. Do you think it's worth? Whatever. Let's talk about Zelda. Oh, what's it worth? I, what's it worth to you, Jake? I, I didn't. Well, well, there's. I watched Nick play Trespasser. Oh, that's right. And I don't know if we need to get into that let's, right now. Let's. I definitely <laughs> want to talk about Trespasser. I do too. Yeah. We yeah. all want to talk about Trespasser. Yeah. But, first, but that's our tease. Now we got. Now we got. We got to. You know. We got to go into the the meat you of the podcast. Got to get through the then, Zelda before yeah. you can have Trespasser. <laughs> So, Chris, you've probably played more of that game yeah, now. Yeah, like, I was really, I was actually kind of bummed when, like, basically one day after we recorded last week's Idle Thumbs, mm-hmm. I got incredibly sad in retrospect about that episode of Idle Thumbs because I played, like, I had played just enough of it to not really have had a lot of interesting experiences with it at the yeah. time. And what's funny is that now, because we recorded that episode ahead of time, mm-hmm. It's now been like almost two weeks and you're since, over it. since that episode. It's not that I'm over it, but it's like it's no longer fresh. It's yeah, it's not, it's not that su- it's not surprising anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it is really, really good. Um, I really, really like this game a lot. It is way harder than I expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. that is something <clears throat> that is really shocking to me, uh, and not in the way that Zelda games are sometimes hard. Uh, this game has that in it also. Like if you're just fighting a just a boss that's like a I don't know, a dungeon boss that's really hard or something. Um, That is kind of hard the way a traditional Zelda game might be. But just like existing in this world carries with it a feeling of danger and high stakes that is not only unusual for Zelda games or Nintendo games, but actually kind of unusual for games generally. Yeah. Um, You know, Jake, you said something. I forget if it was last episode or the episode before. I think it was two episodes ago um, that... uh, the combat in this game is very frequently a net negative to you as a player. Mm-hmm. And man, that is so true. And also that is so weird because usually in a big open world game like this, combat is almost disposable, right? right. Like usually the complexity of the world systems uh, means you can kind of just like, <clears throat> you sort of just hit a guys with your ax a bunch of times and, and they sometimes disappear. sometimes something drops. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. something drops. Whereas... Again, I guess to really drill down that comparison to Far Cry 2 that we have already made too many times, um, 
entering into combat in this game really genuinely feels like a decision you're making and potentially even a risk. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even though you... Like, you can die and start over, and there's no actual risk there. Like, if you just die, you restart at your last save or, or you know, if the game autosaved or whatever. That's a, that's not a big deal. The same way it's not a big deal in most games that have uh, checkpoints and save systems. Uh, but obviously, the whole reason to engage in combat at all is so you win. And the funny part is that completing the... by Like, if you actually win, you know are victorious in the combat, that's the point at which you're probably going to be worse off than you were before. Or you may be worse off than you were before. You'll feel if, better, though, because that area is cleared of guys and yeah. like you can get to wherever you were trying right. to go yeah, or whatever. You might the, find direct, some, the most direct yes. path to your route is open or whatever. Mm-hmm. But your weapon is probably shittier or destroyed. You're out of you parts. You ate all your food. Arrows. Yeah. yeah, you have less food. It's really... Because <laughs> Link was just slamming down beautifully prepared <laughs> meals left and right to stay oh alive. Oh, God. <laughs> On that note, just di- he was dot goblin basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Link in the middle of being beset by guys, just like crying at the edge of health while like slamming beautifully seared steak and mushroom dinners. What, what is this crying? Did I miss something? It was just in, in the in, like he's just desperate, like dot goblin. He's like dot oh, gobbler sure. of just like. Ah, oh, this ah. is just your perception of uh, yeah. He's just be- he's yes. beset on all sides and right. like sadly to himself eating these huge dinners that he's spent yeah. time cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, only then to just have the shit kicked out of him and they just are wasted over and over again. <laughs> uh, I really like the cook. The, this game, this is so stupid, but like as, as just an example of how tiny little details make this game, which again, like just to, to keep going back to this theme, is not something I associate with big open world games like this, which usually, if anything dispense with the attention to detail on right. that micro scale in favor of the macro which is you know totally understandable yep. but in this game all these little things have so much attention to detail like the just the stupid little cooking animations and the way that it's like different if he cooks a thing that's good versus a cooking like a dubious food right um, or like when little, you learn a new combination for the first time and it does the little like happy dance with the, yeah. the music taking up yeah it makes that shit look so appealing every time I cook anything I'm just like oh f- spicy fruit mushroom stew I like, know I and can't the, I'm gonna go make this. like I get so and you think of the comparison which is the grid and just the which is like the sounds are just like select, 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 combine, and then it goes, okay, you've you've crafted something. Mm-hmm. You know, the usual, right. like, <clears throat> that, that. Just in whatever game. Yeah, in any yeah, game yeah, 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 yeah. where there's just a bunch of whooshes and like a lower-pitched whoosh, mm-hmm. and then you've made some food, and you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very, very good. I really like this game. Um, and then the other, like, big observation, I can't remember... I can't remember if we've talked about this or not. I know we talked about climbing generally, mm-hmm. um, but the sort of the length of time it's been for us since we recorded Idle Thumbs means I don't, I don't actually remember if I made this observation or if one of you guys did. But uh, the way this game approaches world traversal is so elegant and so brilliant. It actually feels like a redefinition of the way <clears throat> open world games work. Yeah. Like the... The way this game, because the, so the way this game treats climbing, um, I was talking to someone about this game, and they're like, "I don't understand what is interesting about the world." Like in Skyrim, you can go anywhere that you can see, and I'm like, "That's true. That that is true." Um, it's this game isn't sort of in real terms is not revolutionary <clears throat> in that respect, but the way this game actually 
um, affirmatively acknowledges that not only can you technically go to those places, it's actually part of the assumption of the design of the yeah, world I, that you will. And be, because you actually like directly interact with every surface by climbing on it, whereas in a Skyrim or something, which don't get me wrong, like great game. I love doing this in Skyrim. But in that game, you would be sort of smooshing yourself yeah, against a slope the until you eventually like, climb it. In Skyrim, of, you can get to anywhere you can see. And I think in Zelda, you can go there. And I know that's basically the same word, but like in Skyrim, I mean, in Zelda, by the, some means, you can kind of end around your guy to a location or you can see the top of a mountain and there's a path yeah. that you can take to get to it. Or, yeah, you can cheese the system. But <laughs> Zelda, it's just like you want to get there, you're – well, go, go. the objective of going there physically is uh, is – also, encouraged and supported. Off, off, yeah, well, the encouraging thing is also, yeah. I mean, like in Skyrim, the, the, the game is not expecting you often to go to those remote locations, whereas right. this right. game is very cleverly and clearly designed to like, yeah. entice you to pick up a fucking rock and then find one of those stupid leaf guys. And uh, just like <laughs> yeah, th- right. that is just... The, I, I, the first leaf guy I found, I was like, all mm-hmm. right, well, this I know what they're doing uh, with this. The Korok? Oh, Nick? yeah. Sorry, whatever. Leaf I guy. Korok. Maraca's leaf guy. But, like, yeah. those are so fun to me. Like, I love just, like, looking at a weird rock formation and going, like, I bet that – I wonder. I, yeah, I think I <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. And then, cli- like, spending time, like, getting mm-hmm. up to the top of it and picking up a dumb rock and finding a leaf guy. Like, the idea that, like, there might be something behind – and that's I think, also goes back to what Jake was saying about Zelda 1, where I feel like – you poking at the corners of Zelda One often resulted in like finding a weird cave. Well, it's like with maybe I'll bomb like, this wall for yeah, no yeah, reason. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. I guess that there's yeah. a thing in it. So often in this game, where you yeah, just turn a corner and there's a chest and there's a, like and that you know like Skyrim has the elements of that design, but this game is just dense and just right. like, swimming in that and, shit. Yeah, and for sure. And I will say, you know, as a to sort of go in the opposite direction, there is something that is uniquely wonderful in a game like Skyrim about going to the place that the game doesn't necessarily officially sanction and feeling, oh man, like I smushed my way up this mountain sure. and now I'm at the top of the mountain and I achieved that uh, and the like the, the game may or may not have expected me to do it, but like I did it and the game still works and like mm-hmm. everything is still here and the world is not broken and that is awesome. And that is something that is is actually really great and is not, is not really how Zelda works, but it... But also the way Zelda works makes every inch of the world feel solid and stable and not brittle and like organically connected to every single other inch of the world. And that is something that is very rare in open world games that, well, I will say open world games that have this dramatic terrain, right? As opposed to like the dense city of a GTA or something where um, everything is occluded in urban um, in this game where everything is like vast and sprawling and exterior and natural, the fact that like that snow-capped mountain over there is going to interact perfectly with every gameplay system and feel totally rock solid uh, is... Right. And you can hang glide off it into the jungle. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say, yes. It is not just the climbing. It is the combination of the climbing and the uh, hang glider and the stamina system. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the combination of those three things... Uh, creates a like traversal kind of approach and attitude and paradigm in this game that really actually does feel, if not revolutionary, certainly like a big evolution and very uh, impressive and gives a unique feeling to this game. It's 
I just think it's amazing. I think it's so good. I really, 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 really like this game. And I, I don't know. I don't even think I was expecting to feel this strongly about it. Uh, but it's. I just think it's excellent. It has helped me actually understand why people like a lot of other open world games. Like I'm on this podcast, so I've played. <laughs> My share of Far Cry 2, but nowhere near the amount that you guys or right. Sean played it. Like, sure. I, I played enough to get it, and, like, I had a couple encounters that I liked. Um, but, like, I've never gotten to the second map of Far Cry 2. Like, that's right. never sure. going to yeah, happen yeah. in my life, mm-hmm. ever. Um, but playing this game has, like, I'm deep enough into it where, like, it's weird because I usually am not the person who comes to this show with any sort of, like, Emergent gameplay story. I also don't have one for this week because apparently the way that I play <laughs> the game is like a is still like a dumb baby. But like the experience of just camping out a bunch of guys who are around a tower and figuring out how all of the enemies work and then planning an, an assault uh, and then eating shit for basically two days. I did on one on one place <laughs> oh, man, and then wow. I just gave up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was I'm uh, I'm I'm still basically just trying to uncover the entire map, but I'm doing it as like the most baby shit link ever imaginable so i finally <laughs> got to one that was like okay every single character here one hit kills me and now I'm, i've gone yeah. to the complete opposite direction and i'm having a lot more fun yeah, but, yeah, yeah. um yeah have, yeah this game lets you go in way above your head and then it's yeah, kind of oh, up, to, up to you like, to decide to wade back out again that that in and of itself is really fun to me though like because then yeah. when you do pull pull that off it's it's outrageously rewarding. I, th- yep. I mean, I think, Jake, the, the experience you're describing of sort of appreciating but not necessarily fully losing yourself inside a more uncompromising game like this, such as Far Cry 2, mm-hmm. that's a big part of why, even though I, I love Far Cry 2 and I love Stalker and I love, like, all of these very unfriendly open world right. games, which and part of the reason I like them is because they're unfriendly and yeah. I, I sort of like that sensation. Uh, nonetheless, one of the things I really appreciate and love about this Zelda game is that it feels like it captures such a huge amount of the legitimate substance of those games. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a dumbed-down version right. of one of those games. It's actually incredibly deep in the way the world um, and the things in it interact with one another. But it does it in an actually, like, fully polished yeah. um way that gives just as much attention to the little console gaming details as it does to the deep sort of immersive sim PC style stuff. And that is the part that feels really impressive and and somewhat unique to me. Without, sorry, one more thing, mm -hmm. without being the Assassin's Creed style of that, that which which does achieve the, yes, exactly, does achieve the polish, does have the huge openness, but actually... That's the dumbed down version yep. where all the systems interact with each other in very shallow yep. and not very sophisticated ways. Yeah, the, the obvious analogy, which I think we talked about two episodes ago, is just the tower in Assassin's Creed fills in the map and then also just gives you all of your crit path and optional objectives for that right. area. Then you're picking off dots. Um, man, what was I? Oh, you talking about the unification of the stamina wheel between running, climbing, and uh, hang gliding. I know that, like, your character's stamina is one of the stats that is simmed in a number of games, but the way that they just put that on a huge green wheel that pops up in the most obvious way and does not mm-hmm. not try to hide itself, you can upgrade it very literally the same way that you could upgrade to, like, a double or triple <coughs> jump in, yeah. uh, like, a Metroidvania game. That feels, I mean, I, I think you honing in on that or homing in on that, excuse me, it, uh, as, like, the center of this, it's... I think that's really good, and it seems like it seems 
almost so obvious as to be dismissed, but that is like the piece of it that is the super smart consoleification of all of this stuff, I think. Like mm-hmm. yeah. just you know, every other piece it, in it, it can it be very complicated. All but these yeah, different systems, yeah. How Link actually works is the simplest piece of the entire mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, how he's affected by the environment in all these different ways are insane, but just like on a good day, the way that Link operates as a character is not complicated. You're not having to manage a ton of elements of his well-being. His movement doesn't get impaired. He does like, you know, there's no notion of encumbrance or like whatever. You just sometimes the weather hurts you the way that an enemy hurts you, but otherwise you're just watching out for the stamina meter in your hearts and like I think I don't know. That that makes it that makes it very easy in, yeah. in for me at least. I mean, they're using that stuff. <clears throat> excuse me. As like a gating mechanism, but it's so in the background. Like, yeah. there are so many points in this game where you think you are hard gated, yeah. and then you can uh-huh. actually subvert that, and yeah. it's so satisfying. Yeah. Like, even things like uh, I was exploring the like molten lava area, like the Mount uh, or the what, what do you call it? Mount Death, Death Mount yeah, Doom, Death Mountain. <laughs> Mount Doom, oh, yeah. whatever the you big know, one, the Di- big thing, the volcano, Dying Mountain. <clears throat> yeah, and um, <clears throat> I was uh, I saw a shrine down by the lava and uh, Janelle who was at the time a little bit further than I was looked over my shoulder she's like oh you can't go there you're gonna the second you hit that ground your clothes are gonna burst into fire and there's no way you can get there and I was like (laughs) I bet I can and I just cheat and hitman my way and I just I caught on fire and I was just like gobbling food and just like a flaming man and I ran to the shrine and got down into the shrine she's like I bet you're gonna burn in the shrine and I was like (laughs) like nope Uh, complete that shrine warp out of there like boom like fucking beautiful uh, <laughs> and I've had so many instances, yeah. instances in this game where it just seems like, oh, I can't possibly do this. But then, yep, no, you can. I mean, some of that is like physics related, but there are just enough systems where if you feel gated by one thing, you can probably use another thing to get around it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Like, I, I've played this game. Um, I've played this game a bunch, uh, but not as much as I would have if, if this is not like a complaint, but. Uh, you bring up Janelle reminds me like Sarah's been playing this game a lot as well, um, which is really cool because uh, it is a you know we we sometimes are together playing it and then sometimes we're just separately playing it on different me accounts on mm-hmm. on the Wii U, uh, and it is really really cool to sort of like I don't like uh, like I, I like not knowing the big things that are going to happen um, and just experiencing those for myself. But on but the little things of which this game has seemingly infinite, it's really cool to get like. Like, oh, yeah, I saw this before, and, like, mm. here's the thing I did. And it's like, oh, man, I approached this from a, a totally different angle. And getting that just, like, in the same household, <laughs> yeah. like, off and on is uh, really fun. Our version of that is um, Janelle looks at a puzzle and says, I know how uh, I, to do it. Do you want to know? And I go, no. And then I start doing a thing, and then she goes, you're doing it wrong. Do you want to know how to do it? And I'm like, no, 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 I still oh, don't want to know. That also happens then, at our house. And then, <laughs> and then I do it in a completely different way, and she's like, fuck. Like, you know, she's oh, just man. so angry. Wow. That like she thought I was gonna fail. Uh, and it's very you guys fun. Have, you guys have quite a relationship. Well, I, it's, it, only in Zelda do we get competitive. Sure. Um, uh huh. But uh, <laughs> only in Zelda and Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blast. That's true. <laughs> that was a one-sided competition, though. I think. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Um, speaking of the uh, Nick, the um, gating thing you mentioned, it's funny you bring that up because I remember when they released the early trailers of this. Well, I don't know if they were early, but I guess they were just whatever trailers they released for this game. Maybe six months ago. I don't know. Uh, I remember seeing Link scaling these like sheer cliff faces mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then it's, oh, they've got that that stamina bar. Okay, I see what this is. They have so max this is cliff how, heights. Yeah, they have max height yes. and the and they keep you from climbing stuff. Right. But 
Yeah, yeah no, you. You that's can, not you can at make... all how it is. Like, you right. have so much freedom all the time. Well, you can always make stamina food, right? right. You can either make food, stamina so food. So that is, you can, yeah. you can actually, like, the one little bit of Skyriming you can do is sort of slide down the mountain until you catch a slope yep. that's just And then walk yep. perpendicular to it until you yeah, charge up. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then climb back up again. It's funny because yeah. so even, even that little piece of Skyriming feels legitimately like it, you're able to find a good. place where you can take a yeah. break. You a football. Oh, it's like really it feel, good. Yeah, yeah. It feels real. It's, it's really, really good. really, good. Yeah. yeah. God, Sarah's been, uh, Sarah's been doing um, uh, indoor climbing uh, for a while oh, now. Yeah. And so she's like, and <laughs> this is such a d- dumb observation, but I, I remember she was like, because I, I was like, oh, is this like, what is he doing here? And she's like, uh, he, he's a very impressive climber. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I could have figured that. He, I guess I could have figured that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he, but uh, he but can then, also be shot with like four arrows and live. I know, and then amazing. climb away. So yeah. he's really good. I don't ever feel like I can be hit by four arrows. I feel like I die so quickly in this game. That's oh, actually a funny thing about uh, my, how, how I've been playing versus how Sarah's been playing. Is she's just on a lot more shrines, so she just has way more hearts than I do. Mm. Whereas the way I, like I am not really, I don't really like the shrines that. But that's like one part of the game. I don't dislike. But often I'll hit a shrine where I'm just like, this feels totally out of character with the parts of this game that I actually mm-hmm. really enjoy, which is just the big sprawling like stuff colliding yeah. into each other. And a lot of the f- shrines feel very sort of puzzle boxy in a way that I'm just not like personally very into. So I don't do that many of them. So I don't have lots of hearts and I need to just... You're gonna I need, just it. need to do it. I know. Even even I, I eat shit yeah. all the time. I have like fourteen or fifteen reason. hearts now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even even like at that six, five, even at I that have, I'm getting as well. I will occasionally get just two shot like oh yeah. There's, there's enemies in this game thing. that are bananas. Yeah. If you're if you're yeah. not prepped and someone just electrocutes you, you oh, yeah. just are erased. Basically. Oh, yeah. Have you guys gotten? into the face of any of the like way bigger enemies because I generally yes. run from them but most recently I have finally stopped being afraid of them and it has revealed to me the amount of systemic complexity that exists in just an encounter with one of those rock monsters or with a guardian or something oh man because like we talked about on episode 300 we talked about I think the Resident Evil car in the parking garage or a car in the garage thing in Resident Evil 7 where the guy can like get out of the car and pull you out yeah, and yeah, run yeah, around yeah, and yeah. you can drive the car and all these things and that was a good example of a modern Japanese game that did allow for a ton of stuff, but it is nothing I have discovered compared to even just like the Guardians, who I thought were just a claw monster who chased you and that eventually I would get a shield that would let me deflect their the laser beam and eventually I get yeah. close enough that I could beat on them. Fuck that shit. Like, you can freeze them. You can get them to target their own legs and cut them off. You can do all yeah. sorts of crazy <laughs> oh, stuff. Yeah. I'm still too much of a baby to... Like, I never am going to kill one of those guys right now because I have six hearts. Right. But, like, I have now inadvertently frozen one of them and lost my mind and then also <laughs> inadvertently gotten one of them to target me and then I accidentally fucked up the camera and ran under one of their own legs and it sawed off its own leg with its laser <laughs> beam so and I crazy. went, are you... Wha- Somebody... What? Or, like, did something to destroy its own leg, and it was just shocking to me. Yeah, on Twitter, there was a video going around of some guy who managed to get one of those things to attack one of the giant rock monsters. That's a crazy video. It's insane. Yeah, Yeah, they just just go at it. It's a huge protracted battle. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's very good. Well, it has the name of the huge rock monster, and it's health bar there. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. because it's it's aggroed. One of my favorite things with the the sort of big monster guys, I I don't know. I feel bad that I've, like, now spoiled the I was going to say this. I don't know if I want to spoil. I feel like I should. I even said what I said at a thing. Oh God, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't talk about this. Yeah, it's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I don't want to do it. But yeah, those guys are really good. Have, have Have you guys explored any of the sort of northern end of the map? 
I don't right. know what the end is, so okay. I'm not sure. Like north of the castle, north of the volcano, actually. Just um, barely. Sort of around the I'll back only there. Just I've just started going up there as well. Yeah. Okay. There's. I, I mean, it's not stuff we can really discuss. All I will say is that they put a lot of classic Zelda one stuff back there. So you're saying there's it's rocks in, falling down a hill? Uh, no. Um, oh, that's what I think. There, I'm there, this game there does are mazes. There yeah, are mazes and just crazy wacky stuff back there. That oh, are, that's exciting. Cool. Uh, like multiple variations on that theme. Why am I excited so that there's a maze? Good. I am now, though. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's well done in this game. Ah. It, several different things back there are so interesting and just, like, like enormous. Like, just, just, just like, hour-long sort of exploration zones that are just it's self-contained funny, with the really world, good. This is, like, a thing that I learned on Firewatch, which was tiny, which was, like, a 20th to a 60th the size of Zelda, I bet. Uh, if that. <laughs> if that. I mean, I, I, I think people are trying... The guess right now is still totally wide ranging but I think people have said that it's t- 20 to 60 square kilometers is people's guess mm. right now okay but actually that's not true some people have guessed way higher no one knows oh you just mean world size 20 literally to literally okay. scope yeah, yeah, yeah. of world right yeah. like the feeling it, once you have that much space to work with like even on firewatch where you just had a square kilometer the way that you can make something feel like a huge open valley or mm. make that by just sort of slightly rearranging the scale of things mm-hmm. once you're in that space feel like it's 30 times that big just because the area that you have to walk is smaller is is interesting and it's hard to express that in a way that makes sense but i uh, when you said that because like looking at the deep north area of the map it's a lot of little small quadrants and i've actually boxed yeah. some of them in so far and i've not encountered any of that stuff yeah but i know that like if nintendo wants like they do it in various places you can up the sort of or you like shrink the scale of things and up the the complexity yes. of things per square foot, and suddenly that part of the world yep. feels way bigger yeah. than like just a huge sprawling valley that you basically just fly over on your hang glider, even though that could conceivably contain twelve complicated areas. Yeah, it's I don't know they this game does a very good job of managing its space. Yes, yep. it does. It's very good. It's a very very good game. Yes. Should we? Should we take a break? We should take a I break. I don't know. Okay. Right. A Zelda. Yeah. Break. Break. In one. I have my middle school yearbook still. Oh, yeah? I think I have my high school yearbooks because I was on yearbook. Oh, well. Yep. Wow. <laughs> did you get a letter jacket for that? I did. <laughs> How did I know that? I did. How did I know? Did you? That's, did they do that at adorable. your school too? Of course, of oh, course. So they funny. would they would hand those things out for yeah. anything. Yeah, <laughs> I have mine like, still. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. <laughs> did it say yearbook on the back? So I got one. Real content. Yeah. For, so did for, I for an incredibly dorky reason. Oh, I got one for playing a varsity sport. <laughs> oh, fuck you! What <laughs> really? <laughs> I saw. Did I not just say? Did I not just? Are say, you fucking kidding? Hey, <laughs> fuck up! Oh man. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends everything you need wow. to make yeah to make your home cooked meals deliciously, uh, nutritiously three times a week. Ishly. <laughs> you get you get the ingredients, you get the recipes. They all come in a refrigerated box. All of the stuff is recyclable, um, and then you can make. Uh, Meals that are almost always just one pan 
meals. You uh, put the food in your hands and then you throw them into the pan. You throw it into the pan and, and then, then it's sort of like a really a, deliciously a, looking a sort of uh, piece of nutritiously. <laughs> yeah. And then you eat it. Yeah. And, and it gives you resistance to electricity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some good recent Blue Apron meals for three minutes uh, <laughs> include salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli. Um, that's a, that's the upster stamina. Yes. Pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple. Mm. Oh, classic, apples. That's yeah. classic. You got ingredient. a lot of apples. Yep. <laughs> Vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips and spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. Uh, if you go to blueapron.com slash idle, you can get your first three meals free with free shipping. That's blueapron.com slash idle. Hmm. I've had some excellent Blue Apron meals recently. Also, particularly some really good fish meals, which I really appreciate because I never... It, it actually got me into cooking and eating more fish. Yeah, because it's great. it was good. It's yeah. great, yeah. If you go to blueapron.com slash idle, you can get your first three meals free and free shipping. That was the most video game ad on our video game <laughs> podcast that I think Sorry. we have ever done. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was. We just we borrowed that ad concept from a different video game podcast. <laughs> that is not the this one. Blue, this blue apron, apron meal ups your stamina. Yeah. This yeah, one yeah. gives you electricity resistance. <laughs> ba ba da. Be a hero grub. Be a hero in the game and in the kitchen. <laughs> anyway, back to the game shack <laughs> with your gamer buddies. Weren't you guys the editor Shack. of Game Shack? <laughs> I think we were, yeah. I, know, I was just saying. I, what? Along with the first 50 Boop. episodes of this podcast, they <laughs> <laughs> were on <laughs> Oh, man, that's true. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Did Nick just... This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by the newest podcast on the Idle Thumbs Network, Something True. This is a real, actual history podcast written by Duncan Fife and read by Alex Ashby. Uh, eight episodes releasing each week starting next week at somethingtrue.net. And here is a little audio teaser for you. Have you ever wondered what would happen if the president made his dog a cabinet secretary? Or if a famous scientist tried to summon a god? What about if Virginia Woolf wore blackface and pranked the Royal Navy? There's no need to wonder. It all happened. The Idle Thumbs Network invites you to listen to Something True, a new weekly podcast unearthing eight unbelievable stories, all from the footnotes of history. As we all know, the word history itself comes from the phrase, Hi Story. Beginning next week, say hi to eight fantastic stories. Say hi to something true. Written by Duncan Fife and read by Alex Ashby. New episodes every week at somethingtrue.net. Follow us on Twitter at a true podcast or subscribe on iTunes. That ad makes me upset how good it is. I know. It's very oh, good. They did, they did a really good job. <sighs> I like that. Like, oh, we've never really made a podcast before. Fuck you, the <laughs> best one. <laughs> yep. It's good. Yep. Anyway, 
do not confuse that with our podcast, Important If True, which contains no facts and nothing of any uh, import. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something True is actual history uh, told and prepared very well, uh, as opposed to the podcasts we do where we sit in this room and sort of yell at each other about garbage. So check that out. Somethingtrue.net. Are, are we back? I think we're back. Oh, man. I think we're back. Nick, you have been... I don't know how many sessions of this you've done so far. Oh, I beat the game, Chris. Oh, my Oh my God, really? Okay, yeah. Nick has been streaming... You 100%ed. Nick has <laughs> you been any percented. I any percented. Nick has I been... below any percented. <laughs> we'll get into that. Okay. Interesting. Okay, I don't want to know what that means. Nick has been uh, playing and streaming and, I guess, completing Trespasser, The Lost World, a Jurassic Park... This is I think te- it's just Trespasser Jurassic Park, it's actually. It's not. It's not. R- really? You said that, and I looked it up. Yeah, it's really? Trespasser the Lost World. Interesting. It is, this game is actually a sequel to The Lost World. Trespasser was conceived as well, the sequel it takes place on the same to the island. film uh, uh, the, yeah. the Lost World, the sequel itself, the sequel to Jurassic Park. Uh, and it is a sort of notorious, in, I guess infamous uh, sort of failure of a game that, since it's released, has had... Sort of a slow motion, I think, um, critical reevaluation, yeah. Yeah. Um, positioning it as a noble, f- in, in many ways, a noble failure that was actually way ahead of its time in many and respects. Like, it's one of those games, yeah, that got did nothing financially when it came out, but just is cited as an influence or can be backsourced as an influence on a ton of stuff that came after it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's exp- weird. Explain the, what, is, what is Trespasser? Uh, well, I mean, he's a first-person yeah. shooter, I guess. Yes, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Um, it's an immersive play... simulation. <laughs> you play as a character that, um, uh, God, you know, I don't even really remember the initial pretext for all this stuff. Sure, you're on a you're, Jurassic Park you, island. You, you, there's a, you're, there's a plane crash. <laughs> you end up on uh, the Jurassic Park Lost World Island, which is the island in which um, Site B, uh, Site B, which is which is uh, where they made the dinosaurs and then shipped them, I guess, across the ocean to Jurassic Park. Um, and uh, I guess, generally speaking, I mean, it's yeah, it's a first-person shooter. Um, the first notable thing about it uh, that has to be said is that the entire control mechanism is uh, the character's arm. So th- you're well, in this first plane crash. Worth pointing out that this game came out in 1998. Is That's that true. correct? Yeah. So this game came out in the same year as Half-Life, Final yes. Fantasy VII, Grim Fandango. And I think some of that stuff was 97, but yeah, basically or around basically roughly the same time. But Grim Fandango and Half-Life were both 98. So was Starcraft. Yeah. Starcraft. Yep. Yeah. Classic great oh, right. Final Fantasy might have been 7. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That um, zone. That zone, though. So like this is yes. out at the same time as Starcraft 1. Right. And it was made by DreamWorks Interactive, yeah. um, which you know I think they had huge aspirations for that division, right? Um, and so you know, there's a lot this of- This game also has huge aspirations. Oh, yeah. This game is this crazy. This game had physics, like everything's physically simulated in 1998, yes. which yeah, is Half-Life 1, animation. not Half-Life yes. 2. Which All is, of the animation- you know, is uh yeah physics driven um it, yeah, everything it, is an IK system there's no FK like like key, hand keyframing animation it, in this it game it feels like a ton of stuff in this game um, wasn't attempted to this level until like the first Far Cry and Half Life Two tried it again in the in the basically mid 2000s yeah 
Yeah. Even then, this game goes farther. To, I mean, clearly too far. Yes. In that, in that, you just—it's like well, well, I haven't played it, but watching yeah. you play, even just trying to like put your hand out and pick something so, up or yeah. like manipulate like an object so, feels like yeah. your the arm way it is works, just like. Yeah. There's no HUD, which is again also very notable for this era, right? Um, uh, but when you left click on the mouse. Uh, your arm shoots out in front of you. <laughs> and at that point, waving the mouse around moves your arm uh, in that direction. You're essentially driving a, a whole arm. Holding shift rotates the, the hand at the wrist, um, which then allows you to, you know, basically like So it is like an Octodad like, or a Quop or something. Yeah, basically. It's like a first-person Quop, but you're only using one arm. The other arm, <laughs> as it turns out, was broken in the accident, uh, which is why you don't have t- uh, dual control over two arms. People in chat uh-huh. said that the developers were interested in trying to do two-handed actions, and just one hand was as far as that was going to go. I know there was a game that did two that hands prob- in this that manner. That would have been a bridge w- too far. I think it, yes. Um, that would have been a disaster. But so, you know, uh, right off the bat um you know this game is just littered with guns for some reason just that there are just a billion guns vi- on Nick, site it's b a video game. well yes but so i mean you know this game is it's it has conventions um you know that that feel modern still where you have a first person character who's walking around and then occasionally will just a line will fire and they'll sort of be talking yeah. to themselves yeah. in a way that makes it feel not unlike i oh god i don't know like um i mean i don't know any any first person game where the, the Player character is voiced essentially, um, which is which was almost unheard of. Which is very unheard of. When you compare this game to sort Half Life, gags like yeah. um, Duke Nukem or something, right? Like Duke Nukem yeah. was an example of that. Well, but was like a you know, and this character is voiced by Mini Driver, so it's actually like well delivered. Yeah, that's a um, thing. I, I'm going to wait until you sort yeah. of give some more premise of, or like uh, talk about the game a bit more. But the inclusion of Mini Driver and R- Richard Attenborough, yeah, in this game is very notable and interesting. Oh, there's some weird things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely so, notable, but then they also do some very strange things with it. Yeah. Um, but as far as the game itself, so, like, what do you do? Like, what do you actually do so in this game? Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, you're stranded. It's, it's you're stranded on, on an island, and you have to get off of the island, and that's the entire game. You're basically walking from A to B the entire, uh, for the entire length of, of the game. Um, and I would say that, uh, I guess another, like, for the era, super notable thing about this game is that it never gives you an objective. It never really spells out where the door to go to the next place is. And often there will be areas of this game, particularly in the first half. I'll get into this a little bit later, but the first half of this game is so unlike the second half that it's very clear that it fell victim to classic, like, either budgetary constraints or just we need to release the game at this point in time and we have to rush this half of the game. It just feels very... Which was the rushed half? The, the the second half. The second oh half, yeah. God, it's it's very rough. Yeah. Um. But the first half of this game, if you take that as kind of a proof of concept or or kind of the like well realized version of this thing, it's really interesting. I mean, you get into an area of the of the park where, um, you know, uh, it's it's a series of connected levels, you know, essentially. But there are areas in which you can just sort of veer off. I mean, it's. It's 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 closer to Firewatch probably than Doom in that way you yeah. know, um, and That's there what are it looks like when you're playing it yeah like and not- there and there are like sort of larger hub areas like there's, you run you find yourself in a town at one point, um, and you know you know probably this is the way out but then there's just a ton of essentially like optional story content that you can find and examine in the way that like you would. Uh, like in a, I, I guess like in a like a Deus Ex game, I guess mm-hmm. uh, is probably the the era 
you know, re- uh, relevant comparison. But yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Most of the game is walking from A to B and shooting dinosaurs on the way. Um, but <laughs> everything about like how you get through a gate or how you progress or like what like the experience is outside of just getting past a raptor feels like at least five six seven years ahead of its time um i mean physics puzzles that feel like they're out of half-life 2 you know yeah yeah. uh and it's really and 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 like the sound system this game is incredibly notable i think i've talked about this before but wait really the sound effects are terrible they're terrible (laughs) however that is because it's being entirely simulated so (laughs) anytime anytime two objects collide they generate a dynamic sound based uh, on physics properties and stuff. Except it's your footsteps weird. on yeah, the ground. Except your footsteps, your footsteps are the same garbage. sound every time. Right. Garbage. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's bad. Garbage day every It's bad. Day. And, and the raptor animation is really bad. But all of this stuff was just like, they were just God, trying. I was reading like, something insane. Shit. I was reading the Wikipedia page about the animation system for this game. And it was like, all of the dinosaur animation is like... Physics and behaviorally driven, and so like none oh, yeah. of it is hand animated, and because there was like a, and it's on top of that, it's all like driven by dinosaur moods. So like dinosaurs yeah. have different moods that like affect how they animate. But there was a bug where the dinosaurs could like rapidly oscillate between like peaceful mode and angry mode and stuff. And so like right before they shipped the game, they just hard coded all dinosaurs to always be angry <laughs> because they just like couldn't oh, that make sucks. the system like <laughs> yeah. do the correct, like naturally <clears throat> sort of ease in and out of these things. They would just yeah. sort of on a dime, it would switch back and forth. Uh, but yeah, but it's like the animation, they can't just like clean up the animation right. to make it look better. It's like, well, it's a system of some kind. I mean, I will say it's that weird. It's, it's really weird playing this game. You know, you'll 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 see a raptor in the distance, and you have no idea what it's going to do. You literally <laughs> have no idea. Sometimes it will just fall down. <laughs> you'll just watch this thing, and then you're just like, I wonder what it's going to do. And these then are, it just these creatures are are, <laughs> right? are impl- yeah. they're, they're, you can't read them. You never right. know yeah. what they're going to do. They yeah. can outwit you at any turn. They're <laughs> totally unpredictable. <laughs> wah, wah, they just wah, eat wah. shit all the time. <laughs> they just spin out. You know, they'll get a lot of momentum up, and then they'll try and take a turn and just, just sort of, like, fop all over themselves. So you're and, saying like, they haven't, like, figured out how to open a door yet. Uh, They're not quite at that. Right. Or They're climb that, up a, a steep ledge. Creatures uh, or, turn. or do anything. <laughs> or stand really. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of wacky stuff that, that happens, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were really trying a lot of a lot of stuff, and it's 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 impressive to to see. Like, again, the, the back half of this game is a disaster. I actually had to yeah. cheat to to get through it. Uh. Um, like, I, I just turned on. I mean, there are just sections of the game where you just literally like I don't even understand how you could possibly complete it. They put like six raptors, and then they hand you like one shotgun with eight bullets in it, and they yeah. say, "All right, b- try to figure this out." Yeah, there was there are a lot of physics puzzles in the back half of the game that just simply don't work maybe they so, used to like that might be yeah a, like, CPU, like CPU, right. my cpu is, is 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 yeah i mean like like your accuracy is too high now computer or something is too powerful yeah. at, at one point there's a t-rex and uh sort of like a, a, a mayan um ruin or some you know some kind of um ancient civilization ruin um and you go to the top of this ruin and you climb all these stairs and you get to the top and there's like some kind of idol that is sitting on kind of a precarious uh, dais, uh, and the T Rex is is down below you, and you go, all right. Well, I guess the the clear implication here is I'm going to shoot this thing, and it's going to fall and hit the T Rex. I tried to 
like complete that in the way that they wanted me to probably 10 different times and because it's all like actually physically simulated not scripted half the time the stupid thing would just roll to the left and right. one time because the T-Rex is just doing whatever it wants to do it just literally like took a step backwards looked at the thing and was like <laughs> why did you do this and then I and then there's just no way to get past it and then it fell over right and then yeah it, but there's no way to get like there's no way to kill that T-Rex with guns I like the idea and, that it's basically a dog they and all feel like like, oh, like dopey is, dogs. What is it? <laughs> They're like stupid dogs. It's so stupid strange. dogs who are mad all the time against their will. <laughs> also, I have to say, in terms of Jurassic Park canon, if this game is actually in <laughs> the that. Oh, they man. have a town with a uh, John Hammond. John Hammond was the mayor of a town for like <laughs> ten years. There's a there's a uh, like a whiteboard that says like pancake breakfast served by oh. John Hammond Sunday at two o'clock. Wasn't there like a like, band? Oh, practice? Nedry, put the key card back in the thing, oh, Nedry. Man. Like this I have to say, brass band the, practice canceled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> due to evacuation. Is that all of these people that you saw in Jurassic Park were actually just living in a town together for like a decade? And Ruled John Hammond was. John the Hammond? weird it's mayor? It's actually just that lost. That actually kind of fits. Yeah. That actually kind of like, I kind of buy you, that. You buy that? You think that's I mean, a, I, a I good expect loyalty the, uh... from all employees <laughs> I mean, of Jurassic Park. They, I, they must love it I as like, much as I do. I kind of buy that he is this like mm. super kindly man, yeah. but also kind of a dictator, but also just like sees himself as totally benevolent. Right, and, right. You know, they take him into a very like yes, like sort of not Andrew Ryan, but but kind of a almost like the the voiceover becomes almost Heart of Darkness. Yeah, uh, I was, okay. This is the thing I wanted to say. Yeah, I so I I can I cannot make any claims about the totality of how this works in the game because I only I watched you play for I would say a couple hours during w only one of your streams, right? Mm -hmm. So like I don't have any sense of what came before this. I don't have any sense of what came after this. I don't have yeah. any sense of the the total arc of the game. But I will say that the uh, Hammond um, narration that was present in what I watched you play was kind of amazing and really powerful in a way that I would absolutely not have expected. Granted, yeah. much of that is elevated simply by the performance right. of Richard Attenborough, yes. which is given with a great deal of he, gravitas. He, it, he went for it. Yeah, this game yeah. feels like an actual vindication of the almost always completely wrong assumption of some video oh. game developers and film people yeah. that if you just put Hollywood actors in your game it will elevate the story right. that is basically never true yes. but I will say that to the extent to the the amount of this game that I watched it was actually true oh uh, I have you like, have to imagine that at the time what like in terms of what this game was was running up against uh, I can't imagine another game with with via, maybe yeah, like Grim Fandango. Even... I guess probably had you know a level of acting performance that was cl yeah. somewhat yeah, close. Yeah, but I'm this, not but, even like... saying at the time. No, I when know. You were in that. I know. When I know. you were in that supercomputer room. Oh man! And you turned on that the supercomputer, and the yeah. lights started flickering. Yeah. And Hammond's voice came on. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Like that was one of the most evocative. <laughs> and then, and then, in classic trespasser fashion, not that moment, but in another moment. There are just moments where, sh like the like the character that you are, Mini Driver's and character. Mini yeah. Driver's character will just respond to Hammond's narration as <laughs> if he's like literally right. speaking to her. Yeah, oh, that's like he'll weird. say a thing, and then she'll just go like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I gotta kill these dinosaurs. <laughs> it's just like, Wait, so what? Is she supposed to be hearing it in her like yeah. earphones? The implication is that she's hearing it somehow. I don't. It's That's just so weird. It's very benevolent weird. dictator John Hammond actually put PA speakers <laughs> all over that island just but, for his like poignant. Yeah. Oh, the one also, time it makes sense is when she finds a floppy disk and puts it into sure, a computer and then it plays. The so other, was, the other thing fine. that just like I found fascinating, yeah. and I, not even like to mock it. I just found it really yeah. interesting. Um, cause, because again, I'm really not saying any of this stuff like ironically, like I actually sure. think the Attenborough Hammond stuff is, was at least what I saw of it was truly good. Um, a thing that I find really hilarious and also kind of good is his, the like, again, man, maybe this was just, I just lucked out with the part I watched. Mm-hmm. He talks about Nedry constantly oh, yeah, and yeah. he's constantly talking about oh. like what he and Nedry did together and like yeah. all the mistakes he and Nedry made and like it, I kind of thought it was amazing. Like it made it the the like little bit I saw of this game opened up in my brain like all of these just like potential for a retro a game with this kind of retrospective narration about like a partnership. Yeah. That was so like potent. Yeah. And I, I was really I don't know, it was really impressive to me. Yeah. The also because in Jurassic Park you don't ever get the sense that like Hammond and Nedry actually are partners, but like of course they, they in must some have worked together they in were. detail forever right. when they were starting yeah. the park up. You get which, like this which, much subtext yeah. which where also they sort of have a little bit of a fight like like they were almost married exactly, and then and then yeah. it goes away. Which makes um, sense in the context of Nedry being so like yes. furious. Yes. You know, like why is he so right. mad? He's not just like is he just some He, he also right? though must like, have actually logistically been one of the first people that Hammond had to deal with once right. the park yeah, was on the ground. he talks about all the code, like working yeah, in the, the original code. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so this game actually, in that respect, the the narrative of this game slots into that in a very convincing way, I thought. Yeah. But again, I don't know anything about the other like however many hours of this game that I didn't watch. This is perhaps a dumb observation. I, uh, I really enjoyed the voice acting of your character's bark just when she pulls a gun out and says how many bullets mm, are in it yeah. where it's like three shots left or mm-hmm. ha- half loaded or whatever. And I was thinking, why don't other games do that? Oh, the answer is Jurassic Park Trespasser actually has enough things going on in it where it's beneficial or just natural to holster your gun that yeah. that when the character pulls out the gun, having her recount to herself how many bullets are left means something whereas like I was yeah. like why doesn't like Booker DeWitt do that in Bioshock Infinite oh because you literally have a gun on screen like, all the time right, yeah, right. Yeah. and that <clears throat> speaks at least to the ambition of Trespasser mm-hmm. that there's tons of this game where you don't have a gun out well yeah I mean you you uh, you can hold one thing in your hand and then one thing like in a holster or on your back and it, that's it and that includes like objects that you need to pick up yep. um, so often it's actually to your benefit to just throw everything down and pick up a key card and that's right. just all you have this conversation is crushing to me because if I hadn't seen any of this game being played and I just heard us talk about it it would sound amazing oh yeah but it's not actually good because none no. of it like none of the actual systems are good no, they're because kinda, they're, they're just all broken, just like the first basically. version of yeah, anyone yeah. trying to do any of this shit yeah. and it's just it looks to be almost unplayable yeah as, as far as it's like it's funny to think about like like uh, Turok for N64 came out in 97 mm-hmm. but this game must have been in development when that happened yeah uh, like I, the first Resident Evil must have been coming out around this time within a year or two of this yeah but like the actual aesthetic of like when you have your gun out, when you don't, when characters weirdly talk, and the sort of rooms that you explore and stuff. What it actually reminds me of the the heritage uh, of this, which is this is a probably a 
a slightly off pull, but is the original Alone in the Dark games. Mm. As far as like your character kind of moves around slowly, yeah. Yeah. you're occasionally beset by a monster. You have way more stuff than you have any business having as far as things that a player has to deal with, um, and you don't always have a gun out. But like, but yeah. that also that that game, like. Resident Evil has sort of taken the the, <clears throat> the torch and all of the all of the history from the first Alone in the Dark. Right. But like that is a game where they were trying for something, but really it's your character scraping up against collision and not managing to actually aim at anything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, some of the some of the the tone and the pacing of watching yeah. you play Trespasser actually reminded me a lot of playing Alone in the Dark. No, I think that's even though that's the, systemically true. they're completely completely different. Right. They're also really low poly and janky. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. I mean, God, there, there there, are moments in this game that are actually genuinely brilliant. Like, you mentioned the fact that you can't, that you're sort of sl- moving slowly all the time. There's, you can't run in this game, period. Which, again, in that, in that era must have just been bonkers that <laughs> right. you're playing a first-person shooter yeah. where you can't move faster than, you know, like one mile an hour. But um, w- w- the fact that you cannot run, the fact that um, the sound system is kind of broken, but then that also means that the reverberation of like dinosaur sounds is always kind of terrifying. Like you, like <laughs> yeah. there are moments where you'll hear a T-Rex in the distance and it sounds the way that you'd want it to, where you just don't know where it is, but you know, it's kind of close and you can't run and you don't have like anything on you to really help you. I don't know. Just you saying resident evil, Jake just made me think like, Oh yeah, this is, this is actually like they limited you to a certain level of of like um, uh, I don't know basically like they're just constraining your your ability to actually like get through this world in a way that that coupled with the fact that a dinosaur could just literally be behind you at any moment yeah. um, and then like you'll turn around see the dinosaur pull your stupid gun out and because your arm is simulated <laughs> if you're too close to the dinosaur it will just knock the gun out of your hand oh man like like because everything's that's, just a physics object amazing. and so it can actually just like the head or the tail of the dinosaur if it just turns sharply yeah. now your gun's on the ground now you've got to pick the gun up before it turns around and eats you right and you I can't mean, just, just instantly aim yeah, yeah. all of these but things it's all together, terrible but it's all usually like 99% of the time it's terrible 1% of the time it's amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what's so hard heartbreaking about it is just yeah. like you can see yeah. the perfect playthrough that they wanted right every yeah, now and yeah, then yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. and then the rest of the time it is just I find it I find yeah. it interesting talking about this in the same episode as we talked a lot about Breath of the Wild yeah, mm-hmm. the, yes, yes the, I was the, thinking the same thing the Breath of the Wild GDC talk <clears throat> which is it doesn't get into things in it's in the super not as good as it wanted it to no, be no there's no. the the piece in it that I that I found interesting was was just the way they encapsulated their attitude towards conveying the like solidity and the rules of the world and sort of the consistency of the experience to players where they wanted the world to have enough to have consistent rules and to have the visuals propose to players that there is a consistent set of rules. And they talked about like, they initially had talked about making uh, Breath of the Wild look aesthetically like Wind Waker because everyone on the team like likes that look, especially over time. Right. Looked like, oh, this is that's, this was a brilliant part or, of the yeah, talk. where their art director was like, that's the look we should do. And then they started doing tests and went, you know, everything here is so stylized and so weird that it doesn't convey to players that there is a physical solidarity and there is yeah. or a solidity and there is a set well, of not rules just to so, this. solidity, but like consistency, the specific deta- difference in detail between two different things. Yeah, like that was one of the things I said is that art style, like while beautiful didn't allow enough opportunities to like establish 
really quickly readable fine-grained detail between different types of things so you can instantly parse like this material versus that material and then how will they interact yeah because I, I thought that was the, a really the interesting style observation. was pushed so far as to sort of yeah. remove the but, rules of the of the world to it but by the same token they couldn't go with an overly realistic art style because then it's like draws more attention to itself like it feels real, fake it feels fake because yeah. their their interaction systems while quite deep you know by video game standards are obviously still video game abstractions you know they're like the fire just kind of like instantly lights things on right, fire, or and the like yeah. fruit that dancing around in the bowl that you're cooking or whatever. It, right, exactly. It's that just, just cartoony enough. But it, that was that was actually probably my favorite the, part of the talk because that was a really specific angle. The 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 piece of it that was interesting to me in the in the light of watching you play Trespasser after playing a bunch of Breath of the Wild was not the aesthetic part as much as. When I just saw you in Trespasser wandering through sort of like a jungly mm-hmm. meadow area and you had your gun waggling around your hand and there were like a couple boards that you could physics around to maybe climb over a fence or maybe not, and then a dinosaur showed up, for how much of a piece of shit it is and how much it falls flat on its face all the time, it it did still feel very much like, like even though it, it, it's like you're in a glitched simulation, yeah. but the rules mm. of it were super consistent yep. and tonally tight, and they were very, very much going for, we will create an experience out of a ton of simulation. Like, they... Th- Somebody in chat said it felt like a really ambitious, like, one or two person indie game. Like, one or yeah. two person developed indie yeah. game like today. Mata. And that's... Mata. Mata I, and I, yeah, I, I, compare, I compared it to Miyazmata on the stream, and I, I think, like, that is exactly what this feels like to me. It feels like a really weird experiment, but you're right, it is consistent in what it's doing and I got to say, like, yeah, there, like there, it has a mood because that, of that. There that are is, moments where yeah. it actually just it yeah. does click, and you go like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> like, but, oh, I wish this game was actually good. It's but, interesting to look at Breath of the Wild, which then is just yes, like everything, the masterclass version of that. Yeah. I mean, I yep. think, I think though, like, well, and the less ambitious version, right? Like, yeah, right. Th- these are the opposite, and that one is yes. way ahead of its time. Uh, and totally outstripped by its own ambition. The other is completely of its own time. Like Zelda yeah. is not ahead of its time. Zelda is exactly of its, its own time. The, like, yeah. best but it's distillation the total, of it. Exactly yeah. the total yeah. like yep. completed version of it. Yeah. Yep. Not completed. That's that's overstating it. No one's going to make another no, open world done. systemic <laughs> game after <laughs> Zelda Breath of the Sorry, Wild. I don't mean, God, to, I don't mean I to wouldn't over want to be. blow the. the, the, the <laughs> Can we unlock 11 out of 10 finally on Idle Thumbs for Breath <laughs> of the Wild? <laughs> what did that happen with? I don't oh, remember. God. I would give it three thumbs up. <laughs> but I don't have, you don't three, have three thumbs. thumbs. No. You're going to have to convince one of us. <laughs> All right. Um, God, three thumbs up for Killzone 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember that, Nick? Yeah. Oh. Me and you, giving Killzone 2 its due. What Those lyrics are very good. So bad, but so good. <laughs> very bad. Classic yeah. song. Yeah. Um, reader sh- mail? Uh, should we, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're probably getting pretty close to the end of this podcast. Should, yeah. should we save reader mail? Let me see if we have a, a, sh- a Do one short reader mail? Do one good one. one good reader this mail? one's got to be real mail. good. Well, don't, don't, don't put me under that pressure, <laughs> Jake. I mean, it will be good because you'll read it. You'll oh. make it good through oh. your reading. Well, here's one actually that is good because um, this is more of a call to action for readers than than anything else. Um, uh, Listen to important if true. <laughs> Eustace from Sweden, I believe that's how your name is pronounced, I'm sorry if it's not, writes, Hi, I found a prediction of the future that turned out to be almost true. You are off by one year, but that's okay. 
In episode 20, you get a slightly passive-aggressive reader mail about how many people will care about ludonarrative dissonance in 2005. So this would have been like 2008 or 2009. Yeah, mm. in 2005 and 2015. 2015. Yeah. Did said, I say five? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, in episode 20, you get a slightly passive-aggressive reader mail about how many people will possibly care about ludonarrative dissonance in 2015. You predicted that by that point, it will be a trophy. Well, in 2016, it was. It's <laughs> it's for killing, I think, 1,000 dudes in Uncharted, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All the best. Eustace from Sweden. Well... Nailed Another it. Another one. Nailed it. <laughs> if anyone has any more amazing predictions we made like a decade ago yeah. about video games, feel free to let us know at questions. Also, at ones that we predict net. that we totally eat shit on. I'm oh, fine yeah. with that if too. We, if oh, we eat shit true. in a magnificent yeah. way, then I, I want to hear that as well. Um, or just write us email about anything video game related to questions at idlethumbs.net. We're going to be recording another one of these soon. We have some uh, various travel coming up in the near future, so we're going to have to bank a couple of these soon. So do send us more reader mail to questions at idlethumbs.net so when we have to record another one of these in a few days and we haven't played any new video games by then, we'll have something to talk about. Well, right now we're talking about systemic collision immersive sims of the... I'm glad that we did it. this was Zelda and oh, Trespasser. No, what a me good too. Combo. I'm just saying now we did that. That's true. So we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll we'll, probably we'll still, talk about I'll pancake probably next still week. be playing Zelda by then, honestly. Mm. All pancake. Because I really, really like Zelda but I won't be playing Trespasser because I don't think I'm going to top. I I don't know why, but that like Attenborough narrative over that <laughs> supercomputer, God, it just... That it, was a really good moment. really That was the best me. moment in the oh, game for sure. It was incredible. A, a stupid thing that I realized is like when... So when can't top that. When uh, Jurassic World came out, mm. there was someone who did a fan trailer that oh, was... yeah. That was uh, his like, don't you see the don't you see the fleas speech from Jurassic Park over the top of Jurassic World uh, yeah. to make it feel like this was John <laughs> oh, Hammond's yeah. dream. Man, why have Jurassic Park fan trailer people not mind all... Like, there's just... God, you're oh, right. There's an, wow. there's an, hour, voice files an in there. hour of top yeah. shelf John oh, Hammond. Wow. So Holy Jurassic shit. World 2 better have trailers that have like people are like, how did they get this? Is a sound like? Like, please, my friend, this is <laughs> Trespasser. These are dot AU files from yeah. the Jurassic Park <laughs> Trespasser oh CD-ROM. Oh man, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, listening to the I, listening to those made me think about. Like, have there been examples of that kind of narration in video games? And I don't actually think there have. It's this, like, sort of authoritative but also kind of crestfallen, mm. like, um, sort of hubris. Yeah. I mean, like, the closest example would be, like, an Andrew Ryan or something, but it's yeah. not like that it's at all. Like that. You He's never, got that, like, heroic tone even in yeah. his, like, failure. Even in the present day Or stuff, it's like yeah. he's, like, he's still, like, resentful and, like... It would be like... That man. I mean, his performance is also incredible. Oh, it's great! It's an amazing performance. It paints. It, but it, it's it would, just very it would be such an interesting, different Bioshock if what the things were were the audio logs that Andrew Ryan recounted from like his just fallen down, decrepit right, library. Right, he's of, like, like twenty twenty years older. Right, exactly. Or thirty years older. That's yeah. like the yeah. Like Attenborough just has this like sort of. Um, you can just hear the years in his voice. It's yeah. so. It's he's like. He passed away recently, right? Yes. That's so sad. But, like, yeah, what an incredible, unique um, series of performances he, he brought, including oh, yeah. to this game. Like, it just blows my mind that he still, like, brought it as maybe hard he had, maybe he as he did in that game. Maybe he had regrets for how crappy his scene was in The Lost World, the movie. <laughs> that scene, oh, I don't even it, remember what it was. Oh, it's dumpy. Oh, yeah, it's bad. That scene felt like it was added in. That, that scene, scene felt like second unit where, they oh. were, where Spielberg shot whatever he wanted yeah. for The Lost World. Then they're like, no, we need... John Hammond, we need Tim and Lex, and it's just going to be in John Hammond's mansion. Fuck it. It's shot like a 
episode of Law and Order or something. It's oh, just oof, like it's, it's just really, like really bad, bad two bad. shots and everyone just giving the most rote performances of all yeah. time. It was insane. Goldblum in that scene is is actually the more heartbreaking. Uh, oh, he does not give a fuck. It's really that like scene he is just, like terrible. woke up in the middle of the shoot. Yeah, well, he he just says like I got to go back to the island now, and there's this other problem now. Okay, like yeah. I mean, it's just like oh god. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, yeah, it's really bad. I also really quick want to put in a, a good word for even though I really did not like the sound in Trespasser, mm. I really did like the soundtrack, the music. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is very good. It was by a composer named Bill Brown, who I don't think I was mm-hmm. even aware of, but he's just one of those guys who's been doing game soundtracks for forever. And it's just a really great, like, sort of starting from the John Williams stuff and, like, going, if anything, in an even more abstract direction. It's really good, really yeah. good, like, modern orchestral I don't think it actually music. uses any of the Jurassic Park No, it themes. doesn't. I don't think it does. Uh, it occasionally it sort of, like, alludes yeah. to some of the, like, secondary themes, but it yep. never, it doesn't really mind the, the big themes, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the just, a lot of that stuff in the game, like voice direction, soundtrack, like yep. writing, so a lot of that the stuff, stuff that was is, known, the stuff that you could do. Yeah, the stuff that is like actually weirdly the stuff a that a movie could do. Yeah. That, right, exactly. It seems like yeah. that was actually kind of a thing in the in the mid late nineties when yeah. when like you yeah, got but most to, like, of it was actually bad. Yeah, right. that, well, that's true, but it's not always true. Well, like DreamWorks stuff. There's a th- uh, there was in general like was good. the LucasArts sound department. Yeah, a lot of the DreamWorks stuff. There was Michael like, Giacchino was doing there weird was just, scores for stuff. There were I mean, some like, little okay. clusters. Well, I feel like, just, like when Honor and stuff. Like yeah. when CD-ROMs yeah. came out, when Sound Blaster 16 came out, and people went, "Oh, we can actually do movie quality sound." There were some people who made the correct play of bringing in people who were very good at yeah. that. And the I feel like I that s- actually fell off again for a while. The reason that. I say most of it is bad is because the good examples, like LucasArts, for instance, had already been doing that for years. Just with MIDI or with whatever they had. Yeah, but even yeah. when, like, the f- first time LucasArts ever did full voice recording, it already sounded great. Yeah. It already had great voice direction, already had yep. very good sound quality for its time. Like, they never weren't doing that well right. when they were doing it. It's not That wasn't a late 90s thing for them. That was, like, as of 1992, they were already doing a good job. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. God. Yeah, weird. Yeah, I was sorry. I was just I, I yeah. was like I said Giacchino, and I was like I think this is the first like major game he worked on was was a fucking Jurassic Park game, and yeah, it was it was oh. a Lost World game, like oh, basically really? in the same year. Yeah, wow, what yeah. game was that? Uh, I, was, I think it was the the PS One. Did he game. score Jurassic World? Um, <laughs> I would be very happy if he did. I don't I, know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, That's that was so John Williams. It yeah. was not. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess that's probably our we we got yeah. roped back into doing more podcasts, but I that's probably a show. That's it. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to Idle Thumbs. Uh, you can write, as I said earlier, please do write us more email uh, at questions at idlethumbs.net. We're also on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. And all of our uh, episodes go up as video episodes on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Idle Videos. That said, you can find all of these links, including links to the video versions and our all of these pages at idlethumbspodcast.com. That is true. And, and, and if you would like to support not only this show, but all of the podcasts we do and a sort of increasingly intimidating number of podcasts that we seem to be involved with, you can back our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash idlethumbs. We, uh... In the last few days, people who backed at $9 or above have been getting their postcards in the mail. I am very excited about this uh, because there are various elements of continuity that are going that are 
seated in uh, the first of these postcards that will be continuing in more postcards that I am I'm very excited to watch people start to put start to observe. Yep. So if you want to get in on that, that is patreon.com slash those are other rewards as well, including ad free versions of our our other podcast important if true. Um, but I'm very excited about those postcards. Yep. Um, yeah. So again, thanks for listening. Yeah. We will be back next week with another episode of Idol Thumbs. So uh, until then, keep on gaming here at the Game Shack. Don't make me turn this podcast around. (laughs)